Hello and welcome to Books, the podcast, the only podcast about books. I'm Tim. I'm Tom. And we're booksmen. Tim, you're leaning away from the iPad and I can't hear you as much when you do that. What? I I should be coming through through this. Uh, oh, yeah. Now I can hear you through the microphone. Something yeah. was happening. I don't know what. Tim, we're what do- do you... Th- what? We're doing, we're doing this remotely. Remember when it was... Um, remember that first week we did this remotely? Mm-hmm. And we were like, ah, oh, this is real novel. Um, <laughs> I mean, this sucks, but like it's, it's, yeah. it's ah, going to get better. Yeah. Yeah. And now it kind of sucks that like it's it's just the way we do it. It's it's we've accepted it. It's well, the frog being boiled in the water. Is that what that is? Yeah, frogs. Don't I mean, know? that's what it is. Apparently, that's not actually true. But I also don't know if that applies to this situation. No, that like this just feels normal now, yeah. even though it hey, sucks shit. The new normal. I've heard it called the new. Normal? <laughs> the new abnormals, more like it. I think yeah. that's the joke you were looking for. No, 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 no. Um, I, I was, was going to say something that didn't make any sense. I was thinking about it the other day, and I was like, all right, things in things in New York City have gotten way, way better. And, mm-hmm. like, er, you know, thank goodness. And everybody, uh, not everybody, but the vast majority of people here are very good about masks, and like social distancing and stuff. Of course, there are outlier assholes. There are outlier assholes everywhere. Um, but I feel like per capita, there's there's a lot less in New York. Anyway, yeah, because we saw we, we saw, saw how bad what it happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. we were the global epicenter, and it was like, oh, okay, we get it. What it was do cool. we have? It's cool well, when that happened, right? <laughs> It was like, uh, okay, what what do we have to do? We just have to wear a mask and not get too close to strangers. Okay, like yeah, all right. If that's if that will, is that if that will stop tens of thousands of people from dying in this city, yeah, all right, yeah, I guess we can swing that. Mar- wearing a mask rules for me because I don't have to trim my beard. Um, I like it because I like. Uh, I make faces at people a lot of times in the mask and they can't see it. You know, I'm like, or I'm like imitating the way they talk. Like if I'm in uh, like the grocery store and they're like, oh, I don't have change. I'm behind them going, I don't have change. And they don't know it's you. (laughs) Where'd that voice come from? I can't can't see anybody's mouth moving. (laughs) I'll tell you what, though. It has been, it has significantly hurt my ventriloquism business because now anybody can get in on it. Yeah, no, there's been a huge increase in both fireworks and ventriloquists. Yeah, and it's like, look, I didn't go to ventriloquism school and ventriloquism grad school. Just that, so any idiot can come along wearing a mask and it's like, hey, you can't see his mouth moving. Tom, how many, if you had to take a bet, if you had to give it over under, how many ventriloquism dummies do you think I had growing up? <laughs> I'm going to guess three. Oh, nope, two. Only two. Okay, I was about to guess two. I mean, I would guess it was more than one. I only had one growing up. Oh, I had Charlie McCarthy and Lester. <laughs> Char- they were both. They were both famous. They were both famous uh, ventriloquist dummies. 
Well, you, the one I had was Billy Baloney from uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Oh. Was that a ventriloquist dummy or is that a man- marionette? No, it was a ventriloquist dummy because you would put your hand in and it had a trigger to make the mouth uh, okay. open and close. All right. Yeah, no, uh, I had classic like vaudeville. <laughs> okay. I'm wondering if Lester... Lester was African American. I'm wondering if oh. Lester would be uh I'm guessing canceled. I'm guessing an African American ventriloquist dummy from vaudeville times was probably not the most racially sensitive uh character. Yeah. Oh no, it was from Willie Tyler is an American ventriloquist comedian and actor still alive. Born in 1940. What does that make him? Uh, it's not that old. That's <laughs> so pretty 80, old. Yeah, 80, 80 he's years 70, old. He's 79. Um, Willie Tyler and Lester. Okay. No, Lester, uh, not canceled. You know what, Tim? I just searched ventriloquist puppets on Amazon. One of the first things that came up, Charlie McCarthy, dummy ventriloquist doll. Uh, and it comes with a bonus ebook, How to Be a Ventriloquist, 54 bucks. I didn't get that ebook, uh, <laughs> mostly because when I was six years old, ebooks didn't exist. Yeah, that makes sense. I think this is a 30th anniversary Charlie McCarthy doll. So, it what is that like... from 30 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not 100% sure. Ooh, they have a deluxe upgraded Charlie McCarthy that's $265. That's pretty pricey. I'm at, you know what, Tim? I'm pretty impressed with the variety of uh, ventriloquist dummies available on Amazon.com. Well, uh, why don't you buy some? Why don't you keep them in your home? Oh, they also have a girlfriend body pillow. Uh, which is $33, and that's just a pillow you can sleep with, and it'll wrap its arm around you. Oh, it has boobs, too. All right. This thing's got everything. Arms and boobs. That's <laughs> yeah. everything. Everything a girlfriend can offer. Um, I was going to say, the the reason why I brought up the... the Does the, it have kissy lips, Tom? No, you don't need kissy lips. You just need one arm and two boobs. Um, I was trying to figure out the other day, uh, this is why I was bringing up like that things have gotten, you know, a lot more under control in New York city. It's like, is there a place where me and Tim can do this podcast in person outdoors, socially distanced enough? Of course we, neither of us along with pretty much everyone we know does not have access to any outdoor space whatsoever. There's a, I mean, I live near a park. Yeah, I mean, that's the closest that was like, oh, yeah, park. We go to a park. You're not talking about Prospect Park, though, right? I'm talking about, uh, and perhaps this is uh, triangulating me, <laughs> uh, Fort Green Park. Yeah, it's not triangulating you to give one location near you that's also near like a million other people. Yeah, but I'll also give your home address. <laughs> Oh, and then if they figure out how far you live from me now. and yeah. Exactly. Um, is it crowded there ever? Do you ever see people podcasting there? I haven't seen anybody podcasting there. This is a depressing 
God damn it. If one of us lived in the suburbs, yeah. This would be so easy and so nice and so uh adorable if we just sit although we'd sit in the backyard, one of us on one side of the the uh, one end of the patio. Right. The other one at yeah. It would be weird though, because I feel like neither of us would want to raise our voices enough that like a neighbor <laughs> would want to, a neighbor would get curious and, and yeah. look over the fence. Well, that's yeah, that's part. Well, I was thinking about that because as I talked about last week, I was in the suburbs and I was like, "This is great!" Like you can, like I think the the COVID situation has just con- had. You know, convince me in my head, okay, you really have to avoid going outside. And I forgot that some people live in areas where to go outside, you're not going to bump into like 20 other people just on the way out your door. Yeah, you could walk outside and just be on your own private property the whole time. Yes, you can still be in what's considered your home. (laughs) Yeah. Um. But, uh, uh, yeah, so then I was trying to figure out, okay, well, where can me and Tim do this? And I was thinking about Prospect Park, and I was like, nah, there's going to be people around, and people are going to come over and you know, start videotaping us. Like, what are you doing? Um, but same thing with a backyard. It's like, yeah, I, I don't want to hear. I, you know, Sometimes I think my neighbors can hear me. Maybe right now they're nodding their heads, and I don't even like that. They're not. They're not nodding their heads. They're shaking their heads in shame. Like, yeah, of course I can hear it. I've been hearing you for the last eight years. You know, I mean, on the uh, the the other side of the wall where where I record from, the room I record from, uh, there have been a lot of people moving in and out of there. It seems like so. Maybe that's why. Tom, can I? blow your mind for a second or maybe blow our our listeners minds hey why not both we started this podcast in what 2009 yeah that's not the mind-blowing thing although that is fairly (laughs) mind-blowing uh we started this in 2009 you moved into that your apartment in 2012 yes so three, a mere three years after we started this, uh huh, and this won't blow the the listener's mind. This will blow your mind. Uh, freaking, we've been we've been recording from your apartment for eight years. Oh Jesus Christ, that does blow my mind. Like by far, yeah, the most, yeah. I mean, we've we we've had long stretches of recording at Headgum, but it you know it's still mostly been my apartment. Yeah, it's just uh, it's weird. Like uh, Tom, time goes very fast, and we haven't accomplished much in life. Yeah, you're bringing that up earlier when we were chatting offline. Yeah, what was what was our episode topic for this week? Almost going to be uh, the complete guide to wasting your life. <laughs> yes, that that was your suggestion, and I suggested that it would be part one of the inevitable march toward death series. Yeah, 
But I also thought, like, I don't have anything to say about wasting your life. It's something that just, like, happened to both of us. Yeah, well, we were talking about uh, an episode that happened that we didn't realize five years ago, which was Mattresses Part 1 of the Bed Series. And I was bringing it up saying we really messed up that Waterbeds was in Part 2 of the Bed Series. And you said, my God, that was five years ago. And I said, five years in a month, actually. And you said, we've done nothing with our lives. A couple of wastes. We are a couple of wastes. And then you suggested we do this week's episode about the Grinch. The Grinch. Yeah, everybody loves the Grinch. Anyway. The Grinch is a weird situation because, like, how is the Grinch uh, uh, a Christmas thing? He's just a he's just an ill-tempered green guy. Yeah, but by the end of it, he comes around. And it's a Christmas thing because the story takes place during Christmas. He's stealing. I know, but presents. I think the I think the Grinch should have been introduced in regular times. What? Give, give me give me a uh, September Grinch story. Let me see what the Grinch is like in March. I think they do that in in the book. I think it's like he's just like waiting no, in his cave don't. for they Christmas. No, they don't. Can't come on. You're you're being ridiculous. You don't you don't you don't you don't know what you're saying, Tom. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what happens in the cartoon. Trust me, I'm a friend. In the cartoon and the book. I'm sure the like the animated movie that came out somewhat recently addressed what he's doing during the rest of the time. Repeat that. I'm sorry. I'm sure that the 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 like CGI movie that came out a few years ago addressed what he's doing the rest of the year. Oh yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch definitely uh, explained. I've, I forgot he was the Grinch. That's a pretty good choice for the Grinch. Yeah, is Grinch was Grinch a word before the Grinch? I don't think so. I think uh, Doctor Seuss good- came up. Yeah, that is a that. that is a great fucking word. Yeah, that's probably the best word that Doctor Seuss ever came up with, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I can't think off of the top of my head other words he came up with, but ham? Did he did he invent <laughs> the word ham? He didn't come up he... with with the word ham. Uh, yeah. I mean, it looks like he came up with it when you search Grinch. On Wikipedia, it's a disambiguation. The and it says the Grinch is a fictional character created by Dr. Seuss. Fictional. <laughs> yep. He comes from uh, the 2000 video game, The Grinch. Oh, I'd love to play that game for play uh, for PlayStation One. It looks like it. Well, do you think it was uh, as good as the Superman PlayStation game? I'll tell you what, this one, uh, the the voice of the Grinch was played by George Lowe, who was the voice of Space Ghost. Hmm. Oh, he, do, he does uncredited work as the narrator, I'm sorry. Yeah. Not as the Grinch. You uh, were a I, mean one. Yeah. Mr. Grinch. Yeah. I never played uh, Superman for PlayStation. I saw videos of it. Are you thinking of uh, Nintendo 64? That's like the real bad one, I think. No, I was thinking of PlayStation. Look it up. I am looking it up and nothing's coming up. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I was wrong. (laughs) 
Uh, let me see. PlayStation. Play... PlayStation. You gonna buy the new PS5, Tim? No, I I heard it looks like a building though. It does. I think it looks cool. I mean, it looks ugly, but sometimes ugly is cool. There there was not a PlayStation game f- for Superman, Tim. Like Amanda Seyfried, right? What? Ugly is cool sometimes. <laughs> Amanda Seyfried is a beautiful woman. She just has, you know what? I'm noticing this more and more in films, and it's fine. I actually think it it's fine, but uh, a lot of women with eyes set very far apart becoming famous. Yeah, in 2002. <laughs> no, there's another one. Let me find her name. Hold on. Uh, but a very Amanda Seyfried uh, uh, eye eye person and anya taylor joy from the the new movie emma hmm. her eyes are like she looks like a like a hammerhead shark her eyes are so <laughs> far apart but a very beautiful woman what's her name anya taylor joy anya taylor joy <clears throat> oh i see she looks sleek that's how you describe like a concept car tim not a not a human being well well, here we are yeah but you're right she's got like very high cheekbones yeah she looks like she'd swim real fast yeah like a like a hammerhead shark yeah okay we're on the same page here tom good Tom, I know before we started, you wanted to, you said you wanted to give a defense of Danny Masterson. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. No, he he got charged today. Is that what happened? Yeah, he's a, what I don't understand is that Danny Masterson, he was on that 70s show. Which uh, one? But most people know him from uh, The Ranch. (laughs) Right. Um. But uh, uh, accused of horrible things for years and years. And people are like, oh, well, Scientology kept him safe. How? Scientology isn't the, the police or the detectives. Yeah, but I I mean, I, I don't really know. I know exactly what you've said. I don't know anything beyond that. But I mean, Scientology is pretty good at like scaring people. So it might have just been that, like, the the uh, alleged victims did not want to uh, press charges because... It... Oh, I thought you meant they were scaring the detectives. And I was like, I'm not scared oh, no, of Scientology. No. Why, would, why would the detectives be scared well, of Well, Tim, you're not a detective, so you don't know. Are you saying detectives are cowards? Uh, well, it says uh, the victim's thankful to DA office for filing charges. So maybe it was that, like, no DA wanted to take the case? Douglas Adams? <laughs> no. They're thankful to the uh, the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? No, I mean, maybe, I, you know, I don't know. I gotta, I don't know that much about the case. I don't know what was, what was going on. I mean, I'd... what I also think it probably was, was probably, like, the corroborating witnesses 
maybe they were also Scientologists and it was like they were pressured or they weren't Scientologists, but they were pressured by like, hey, if you corroborate this story, like we'll make your life a living hell. Yeah. Um, if Scientology told me not to do something, I'd do it. It's a general rule. And I, I, well, Tim, that's why you got encourage all those, everybody to do the same. That's why you got all those Thetans attached to you all the time. Look, man, that's that's the price you pay. They're they're invisible. They don't do that much damage. Tim, are you just trying to avoid talking about the book this week? Is that <laughs> why you just keep bringing up random things? Tom, uh, we're reading the book uh, Outlander. I'm not reading it. You are. Yeah, I know. I'm barely fucking reading it. It stinks. Um, look. Here's the thing. I don't want to be a dang negative Nancy here. Yeah. I don't like the book. Well, you hate reading, you've said. No, I don't I don't hate reading. I uh do you want to know what book I'm you reading hate, right? You hate reading books with female protagonists, I think is the way you put it. I don't like reading books that are advertised as sexy books yeah that are not sexy at all well tim maybe not everybody's just a uh like needing immediate satisfaction porn addicted teenager like you and some people like a little foreplay like a little building up to things you know what i am flattered that you called me a teenager <laughs> I would love to be a teenager. Um, no, I was reading this other book, Tom. Carter Beats the Devil by Glenn David Gold. Mm-hmm. The perfect quarantine read. It's 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 really nice. Um, it's a historical mystery thriller. Um, and then everybody's like, oh, you got to read this other book that's boring. Um, Not everybody, Tim. <laughs> the people paying for this podcast... <laughs> Okay. Voted on the book based on one of the choices you gave them. Okay. And here is why I feel conflicted. Okay. Because people voted to read this for me to read this book. Yes. Started reading it. I might have been too negative about the book. I don't like the book. Yes. And the unfortunate thing is this book is really long. Okay. So we got some... So people commented on the last episode. I didn't think I was so harsh on the book, but... uh, No, you were. You were whining the entire episode. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, Dan K wrote, I think I speak for all patrons, and he wrote this on Patreon, I think I speak for all patrons when I say it's fine if you give up on this book. And switch to something more interesting to you. Thanks, Dan. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Kate K said, I'm a big fan of Outlander. And you're not wrong. The books are really slow, especially the start of this one. It really does get much better, but can be a slog even though the uh, to, to even get to the better part. I'm not saying you should read more chapters per week, but it'll get you to the good stuff sooner. Or it'll make you realize you don't want to read it anymore. I'm look. I'm underwater as it is. 
Every time, I don't know if you do this, we're, we're, we set our own reading schedules. Yeah. But I'm we always, try and keep it to four weeks. Yeah, I'm always way more ambitious um, than I should be when it comes to those schedules. I'm always like, eh, I'll keep the first week light, but then uh, current Tim hates fucking future Tim with a passion. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the case for me, too. Kimberly said, I didn't vote for Outlander because of all the sexual assault. You can maybe switch to the show season one and then you'd get through it more quickly. But there's a lot of assault on the show, too. Um, that's not a great selling point. <laughs> that's not really a great selling point. Um, blah, blah. Carly said, I would suggest switching books. I didn't vote for Outlander, but so far I'm reading along. I'm generally enjoying the book, but understand complaints of it being slow. It's too long to work well for this for format. I would rather listen to you guys talk about something you enjoy. Put up a poll with some options you're comfortable with. I have plenty of ideas, of course, the specific blah, blah, blah. Uh, Thank you, Carly. Mostly people were just like, look, you don't like this book. To be honest... This book isn't even that good. Even if I do like it, I think it's not good. Uh, Ratch, R-A-C-H, Rach, Ratch, Rach says, it's Rach. Tim pronounces Edinburgh better better than any American I've ever heard. Thank you. It's the nicest thing anybody's ever said to me. Well, that's only because uh, we spent years being berated for saying Edinburgh wrong. Yeah. Um, and then Maria and people says, "People are like, no, you have to say it like this, Edinburgh." It's like, well, I don't speak with that accent. <laughs> It'll just sound weird if I say it that way. Yeah, but we eventually good. got the gist of it. I think I just, I just mumble it, Edinburgh. Um, Maria brings up a good point, and I'm sorry, I'm just reading comments, but I think, I think everybody needs to be heard. I think everybody's voice deserves to be heard, Tom. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you don't because you did, you went blah, 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 blah over a bunch of comments. <laughs> <laughs> Maria wrote, I'm not going to blah, blah, blah this. Uh, Maria said, could I suggest the next book you read be by a black author? Mm-hmm. That would be great. Put up a poll with only books w- written by black authors. Mm-hmm. Um, and Maria and Dan K seconded it. So Dan K is... Uh, it's a smart cookie. Maria's smart as well. Uh, but I think that's a great idea. Here's the problem. Uh-huh. We have always trended towards the canon, right? Like what I tried to like, do with yeah, the, the romance. The most well-known books. Yeah, and what I tried to do with, with the romance novels was like, it failed, but like find that Oprah list, that O yeah. magazine book, where it's like the canon of of romance books. Yes, like here are the best books of all time uh, in this genre, and that's what that what that's what we've done with a lot of the books that we've covered in the past, where it's been like, hey, this is the traditional canon. This is a lot of stuff that like uh, appears on a lot of the lists, and and um are kind of widely known as, you know, the essential reads, the cl- right? The classics, yeah. Right. 
And when it comes to black authors, for better or worse, um, a lot of the the canon of classic um, books there um, tend to contain heavy subject matter. Yes. Because um, it deals naturally, um, in many cases, with, with issues of racism. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the black experience in America. Exactly. And the last thing we want to do is um, read a book like that and have it wind up like this Outlander situation <laughs> or or any of the other books where we're clowning on, yeah. on, on, on the book. So I don't want to read a Toni Morrison book and, and come here and be like, all right, well, I really like, I really <laughs> Listen, enjoyed it, the five it, chapters that I, 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 I read, but... Uh, being that we're a bunch of a couple of goofy doofs, let's find the humor in this, right? Um, and uh, we're not the ones to find a uh, find the humor in that. Yeah. There's probably not much humor in. Yeah, that. I was gonna say there's probably not much humor to find in uh, in Toni Morrison specifically, but yeah, but a lot of uh, uh, classic uh, Black American authors. Uh, but I mean, we probably just have to find. Uh, books that don't deal with serious issues written by black authors. Yeah, and I think that's an indictment of uh, oh, absolutely the the, uh, the people who determine where, where it's like oh well oh, yeah the publishing you know, industry the- and the critics where it's like no nah, black authors work is only important if it's talking about these issues exactly they they don't know they they can't speak to other issues only these issues. And authors, black authors speaking about other issues. Yeah, no, they don't know about this stuff. It's not important. Exactly. That's not me saying that, by the way. I don't want that well, to be misinterpreted somebody isolated out of context. What you context. just said, um, they could use yeah, that to well, cancel you. Well, hopefully you specifically won't do that. Me? Yes. I mean, you'll you will have the source audio here. You would be able to do that. Oh no, I outsource the editing of this. Oh really? I don't think a lot of people realize this. They think I'm mean to you, and that I'm a, a <laughs> Jesus Christ. Do nothing. Low You're life. just not going to talk about the book at all this week, are We've you? We've had a Patreon for years. <laughs> a lot of people have think you I ever mean- edited a Patreon episode of anything? A lot of people think I'm mean to you, and that I'm a what do you say? A do nothing low life? I don't think anybody thinks you're a do nothing low life. I don't think I've ever even well, heard th- that term. I think I think if somebody listened to you and the the things that you say about me on a on a week to week basis, they might think that I'm a do nothing low life. I have edited Patreon episodes. I asked to edit Patreon episodes, and you're always like, "No, no, 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 no." I've got, I've got like a, a whole method. What episode? What Patreon episode have you ever edited? Oh, I don't know. Probably something like a long time ago. Not books the podcast. Amazing facts. Yeah, probably amazing facts. No, you've never edited an amazing fact. I Did edited, you compose any theme music for Amazing Facts? I edited a few Amazing Facts that were not released. <laughs> yeah, because of the things that you said. We had to keep them under wraps. We didn't want to get canceled. I didn't have to edit any Fast Food Fridays. No, I've done I, everything. No, I've done one or two. I do other things. What do you do? 
Yeah, I don't want to get into it. Let's get into it. Tim, I'm fending off lawsuits left and right from uh, aimed at you and me. Actually, that is true. I did f- successfully fend off a lawsuit. We used. <laughs> well, we should. We yeah, should, get we... into it. Why not? It's it's. Look, you're not going to talk about the book. This is behind the paywall. We're a half hour in. You could talk about this. Yeah. So uh, we did an episode. This one episode caused us so much oh, fucking Jesus strife. Christ. Man. Yeah. We did an episode years ago about Richard Marks, the singer songwriter. <laughs> and Tom, you and which some... did some somewhat recently come up where somebody was like, "Why did that episode get taken down? Like, I can't find it anywhere." And I, uh, I think on our subreddit, and I think I did respond where I was like, "I don't want to get into it," but like there was some legal trouble. It had nothing to do with Richard Marks, uh, but like it was better to just take it down. Yeah, so we recorded an episode about Richard Marks. You were invited to a concert. Yes. A Richard Marks concert with a yes. friend. Jason, was it? Yeah, it was Jason. Yeah. Um, and the two of you went to a Richard Marks concert. He sang songs, and then we recorded our episode. It was a episode. great... First off, let me say, when I was a kid... I don't know why, I and I think I probably talked about it on this show. I had this thing, I think it was called Hit Clicks. Does that sound like a thing? It was like a a, a tape player for kids. Oh, it would play one song. Hit Clips. It, it, uh, a digital audio player. Oh, wait, is this not what it was? This might be it. No, this was a different thing. Hip Clips or something. It, uh... Hit clicks is a thing, and it was like a later invention. No, when I was in first grade, I remember the the commercial had down on the corner, out in the streets, <laughs> that CCR song. Uh-huh. Um, and you could, it was a player that you could buy one song no, on a little cartridge. I found it. No, it was called Pocket Rockers. Ooh. Well, that sounds like some sort uh, of vibrator. That's what it sounds like. It was a brand. Was of it per- something that you put your penis in, Tom? You could. It was a brand of personal stereo produced by Fisher Price in the late '80s, aimed at elementary school age children. It played a proprietary variety of miniature cassette, appearing to be a smaller version of the eight-track tape. Uh, which was released only by Fisher Price themselves. Each song, each tape had two songs in mono. What was it called? Pocket Rockers. Mm. And I'm wrong. I didn't have a Richard Marks. There wasn't one of the Pocket <laughs> Rockers. I think I'm just thinking of like an actual tape. I had a Richard Marks tape. It was a single for the Richard Marks song Hazard. Uh, and I love that song, and I love that. Yeah, I love that song. That's all I'm. That's all I have to say about it. To this day, I've never heard the song Hazard. Well, let me tell you, he played it in concert, uh, acoustic, and boy, it was affecting. So we talked about it on on our episode. We did Came an episode out January ninety two. We we did an episode on Richard Marks because you had seen him in in concert and needed to talk talk about him. Yes. Um. And 
I was not a fan of his, and I was, yeah, I was a little bit playing kind of uh, the uh, doing the heel turn. You were being a, like a real asshole. Yeah, and I was I was saying bad things about uh, Richard Marks, thinking there's no way Richard Marks is gonna. <laughs> Uh, listen to this. And Richard Marks, uh, for anybody listening, he's he's a very famous singer songwriter. He sings, "Whatever, wherever you are, whatever, whatever you, do, you do, I will, will be, be right, right here waiting oh, for get you." Sued again. Um, and I I I said bad things about or i was just clowning on him the way that a you gen Zer would yeah, yeah. Gen Zer. you're not a gen Z. yeah i mean i'm generation z tom um and i said uh you know and i was like well you know this, and somebody, I let, you leaned into the idea that like he gets he gets flack where people think he's a has-been whereas like He's more of now a songwriter and producer, and he's like made more, like a hundred times more money doing that kind of stuff. I think, like he wrote, he wrote, uh, I think like some InSync songs, and he's written mm-hmm. like a, a bunch of uh, like country songs that became really Luther big Vandross. Pop. Yeah, he was good friends with Luther Vandross. I mean, that was a while ago. Um, but like Keith Urban, and like you know, he, he's worked with all these people. Uh, and he's married to Daisy Fuentes. Yeah. And the, and the guy's 56 and he looks phenomenal. He looks better yeah. than either of us. Yeah. He was only 50 probably when we, when we, oh no, yeah. he was, he was under 50. He was in his forties. Oh Jesus. I'm almost in my 40s. Cause that was, that was 2013. He came at us cause, um, we I uh, talked smack about him, and we released this on a Sunday night. Yeah. And we're nobodies. We're nothing. We're mm. we're a couple guys with a podcast, especially in 2013. That means nothing. Yeah. And then by what 3 p.m. the next day, it was had, I, it was like before we woke up. He had already listened to it. He looked us up on Twitter. He found our Twitter <laughs> handles. Yeah. And he complimented you and, and thanked you for the nice words. And then he threatened to beat the shit out of me. Yeah, rightfully so. Yeah, and rightfully so. I learned a lot from this. Um, this was actual. This was an actual turning point in my life. Yeah. Um, where like, um, do you have it up, Tom? What what uh, what he said to us? Oh, uh, he said. Oh, I could find it. Hold on. He it keeps, does, it, does, it doesn't talking. really matter. I'll, I'm sure I have a screenshot. But somewhere. he he called me out for saying horrible things about him, yeah, anonymously on the internet. Not really anonymously, but kind of anonymously. Yeah, he, you thought he would never hear it. Yeah, because I was thinking this guy is a superstar. He was a he was an '80s. Uh, monster hit maker. Um, the premise of what I was saying is that he's past his prime or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, eh, you know what? He's he's a rich and famous guy. He's never going to hear this. And he listened to it within presumably eight hours of us releasing this stupid show. And uh, basically came out and was just kind of like, 
hey, I'm a guy. What the fuck are you saying mean things about? Like, I'm a human being. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, and uh, it was a legit, like, I learned. This was a learning experience. Like, it changed my life having him coming at me and uh, calling me out for being a shithead. And it made me realize, like, look, don't be a shithead to anybody, even if you don't know them. Like everybody's just a fucking person, man. Don't don't come don't come swinging at people for no reason. It was 2012. Jesus Christ. Um, and so like the I I just looked it up on Twitter. Like it's hard to find. Like things weren't threaded back then. <laughs> um. Uh. So I can't I can't totally see how he he initially phrased it but he said uh i think i was like oh you should come on the show and he said uh but don't uninvite quote bitter haven't accomplished much dude that's you bring him i'll take his fucking lunch money yeah and (laughs) but then in the end he said uh you'd you manned up just now respect will hug it out someday and that uh, to the best of my knowledge that hasn't happened yet no we've never hugged yeah oh i think it's all fucked up because i've been deleting my twitter my my old tweets i don't want to get canceled yeah i'm afraid of getting canceled too (laughs) but uh richard marks did not delete his old tweets he stands by his words so we recorded that, Tom. He basically, I remember initially he said something like, like, hey, Tom, like, I'm glad you had fun at the concert. Uh, like, uh, I appreciate it. Tim, I looked you up on Google. I couldn't find anything. Like, it looks like you haven't accomplished anything with your life. Yeah. Okay. So, Tom, that was 2012. Yes. My premise in clowning on him (laughs) was he hasn't done anything relevant in 25 years, right? Yes. Uh Uh-huh. Then he came at me and said, you haven't accomplished much. He was 49 years old at that point. (laughs) Yeah. Less than uh, about 10 years older than you are now. Exactly. Exactly. And, and and he was on like a nostalgia tour. <laughs> exactly. And I was saying your heyday was 25 years ago, which was younger than I was at the time calling him out on this yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was totally right to be like, you haven't accomplished anything and you want to shit on me for for being washed up i was doing i had fucking platinum records five years when i was five years younger than you are right now yes yeah i really did learn a lot from him so anyway (laughs) we uh we uh that was fine we 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 virtually hugged it out he seems like a nice man i went to north carolina tom Uh uh-huh uh a couple of years ago and i stayed at a hotel and it was connected to an amphitheater that um he was performing at that night oh um and i was gonna go to that show but i was visiting my brother 
and his his wife and and their kids and uh, and I you thought, I'm want, only here for the weekend. I shouldn't you didn't spend want them one to night. see you get uh, knocked out by Richard Marks. Richard Marks, I think, <laughs> owes me a fucking punch in the face. Um. So anyway, uh, we used a picture in the cover art for God, that I, show. I, I hope Richard Marks doesn't sign up for Patreon just to hear this. Why? I mean, I'm just saying it's it. It seems like it's not beyond him to do that. Yeah, no, I he hope he does. Ver- he seems very on top of his Google alerts. Yeah, I hope I hope he does. I hope he does uh, hear this. We're mm. only saying positive things. He, That's true. He married Daisy Fuentes for Christ's sakes. Yeah. They're vegans. Yeah, that's how I think. That's how they look so good. Yeah. Either that uh, or both goddamn vampires. They both. They might look... be vampires. He kind of looks like a vampire. <laughs> yeah, he's got that kind of like uh, you know hypnotizing look to him. Yeah, um, but uh, we had to take that down. We we somebody had a uh, the photographer who took the press photo that we used in our art came at us and wanted us to pay like ten thousand dollars or something yeah like this is only a few years ago we get an email out of the blue from some lawyer representing uh uh the the person that took supposedly took the picture that we use in our artwork in our album art which by the way Nobody, nobody sees. Nobody sees. We do unique album art for every episode of the main show. Um, and it's, I mean, most podcast players don't use it. So like pe- most people, it's not people's fault. Most people don't know about it, but we do it because we like doing it. And the people that know, know, whatever. Um, so it's, you know, album art that nobody even saw. And yeah, this lawyer out of nowhere is like, you didn't have copyright to this uh, album artwork and like, uh, you know, here's all these things you you did wrong or whatever. And uh, we want uh, $10,000 compensation for lost revenue, presumably because there are a lot of people that would have bought that photo to put on their wall, but they didn't have to because they got it from our MP3 file. Seems reasonable. Uh, but the point is, we, we went back and forth for a while, and I eventually outlawyered uh, this man, and I saved us from a lawsuit. Well done, Dom. Great I, lawyering. I felt like, uh, like what's his name? Uh, Abernathy from, uh, from uh, Cash Me If You Can. Remember Frank Abernathy when he... Uh, he he took the bar exam without uh, going to law school, and he didn't Leo? cheat. Leonardo DiCaprio's character, Frank Abernathy. Uh, that was me. I just looked a bunch of stuff up. I sent this email. I was like uh, referencing cases and stuff. Like I looked up so many things. I was like, well, if you'd refer to this case from you know uh, Circuit Seven, uh, Circuit uh, City. From from Circuit City v. Tom Reynolds, you'll find that. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, that, that was a few years ago now, and uh, uh, we haven't heard back since. I Oh, I have the email. You want me to read the email? Yeah, yeah, read the let's, email. Let's hear my, I mean, I guess we're not going to talk about the book. We're re- dangerously low on time. 
Mr. Blank, Mr. Lawyer, you state that the photograph is no longer displayed on your client's website, yet the website, quote, puts viewers on notice that the photographs appearing thereon are copyrighted. How would you notice... How would that notice apply to photographs that do not appear on the website? Should it be assumed that a notice on your client's website could apply to any photograph available on the entirety of the internet? Additionally, to date you have provided no evidence that your client owns the copyrights of this photograph, which clearly appears to be taken for promotional purposes. Richard Marks himself posted a photo which seems to have been taken from the same session. Identical lighting, jewelry, clothing, setting, etc. just this month with no notice of copyright. And then I include a link to that. The audio episode related to this image absolutely falls under fair use as it was transformative work. Richard Marks' mullet-style haircut was criticized and commented upon, upon a, uh, and commented upon at length during the episode, and this was the image which was used as the basis for the commentary. The, Im- the image of Richard Marks during this time period was necessary in order to provide context for the criticism of, for those unfamiliar with his previous appearance. The work you were citing is part of a comedy podcast which often criticizes comments and parodies artist works and has legal protection to do so under Section 107 of the Copyright Act. It is clear from your complaint that you have not examined the audio in question and therefore cannot make a claim in regards to transformative use. Please see TCA Television v. McCollum number 15, Civ. Did you four, look that up? 4325 Southern District, New York, December 17th, uh, 2015. The case you reference, he referenced a case. The case you reference has no bearing in regards to the usage of this photograph in the context it was used. I would refer you instead to SOFA Entertainment Inc. versus Dodger Dodger Productions Dodger Productions Incorporated et al. Number 10-56353 9th Circuit. 2013. As in this case, the usage imbued the photo, the photograph with new meaning and did so without usurping whatever demand there was for the original photograph. Additionally, I would refer you to Kelly V. Abrasoft, 336F3D. 811 9th Circuit 2003, where the court found that lower resolution thumbnail images do not harm the market for or value of plaintiff's images. Again, despite the chilling effects you are attempting to impose upon our freedom of speech, we have chosen to remove this image as a gesture of good faith. We ask that you extend the same gesture of good faith and consider this issue resolved. That email was sent. Uh, uh, a year and three months ago, and we have not heard back since then. Tom, people are paying for this, and they just heard like two full minutes of your bad lawyering. That no, that's some good ass lawyering, Tim. <laughs> for a man that did not go to law school yet could probably pass the bar exam. <laughs> I mean, I outlawed this lawyer. This guy kept sending us emails. He wanted uh, us to reach a settlement with him for for ten thousand fucking dollars, and uh, we kept ignoring him and ignoring him. And then, uh, uh, you know, I said it was fair use, and then he he quoted some case, and I was like, "Ooh, you're not going to outlawyer me, pal." 
Well, then you consulted a lawyer friend of ours. Who, 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 who told us to settle? No, no. He just said, like, you'll probably have to settle at some point. But first, just try to, like, be as indignant as possible and just try to look, just try to make it seem like you'll be a big fucking problem to deal with. Which and is. I think, I think that's what you did. I think you were just kind of like one of those guys when a cop pulls over um, one of those libertarians <laughs> who like uh, like cracks the window an inch, takes out his pocket constitution and like starts citing things that the cop's like, eh, it's not worth my time arguing about a speeding ticket here. That's really, that's who you're going to compare me to. <laughs> Yeah, a YouTube libertarian. I think I'm not saying I, the cops are right. I'm saying the cops are wrong in that case, but what I did, Tim, which you're saying is become such a big pain in the ass that nobody wants to deal with you is 99% of being a lawyer. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Is <laughs> like, look at all this shit I'm going to throw at you. Wouldn't you rather pay to make this go away because you don't understand it? Or just like, I'm just, it's going to exhaust you. Yeah. That's being a good lawyer, Tim. You're a great lawyer, Tom. Okay, let's get down to brass tacks. What are we doing with these books? Uh, Well, what was this week's chapters about? Um, Fucking time travel, but in, a, in the most boring way you could imagine. What if I, uh, how, how many pages were you reading per week here? I don't know. It was an e-book. How many pages on average do you try to read per week? A hundred. Wow. In like a real book? Yeah. Um, I mean, you should suffer some consequences for bailing. I'm I'm, I'm willing to accept that. Because look, I read boring books. But as long as they're not sexual in nature. I read boring books, but I imbue them with a spirit in the same way I'm able to like yeah, become you're a lawyer, a lawyer. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. I can also sometimes become I can take a storyteller and make them a greater storyteller right yeah no everybody says that about you so I don't quit books uh, so maybe I can assign you a book a book I want you to read okay what if I assigned you, and we haven't talked about this before, so feel free to, to actually nix this, but if I made you read my favorite book of all time, which is I Am Legend, which is 150 pages. Okay. Um, starring Will Smith? Well, in the movie starring Will Smith. And maybe we would do two weeks of that book, and we would skip the movie, because I've read the book and seen the movie. Okay. Um, I'll watch the movie just in case. Tom, I think that's that's a <laughs> if fair... You watch, if you watch the movie and say reading the book, I'll know. <laughs> Will you, though? Um, okay. Uh, I think that's a that's a great compromise. Um, that was better than I thought you were going to... You were... We talk, Full disclosure, we talked about this ahead of time, and I was like, look, if I bail on this book, you, you were like, oh, we're going to need a punishment. Yeah. Um, Reading a 150-page book, I'll fucking do that. I don't care. Um, Well, I initially suggested a spanking, but you scoffed at that. No, it's social distancing precludes us from spanking each other. I wouldn't want to (laughs) set a bad example for our (laughs) listeners. 
Well, there's something that can be edited out of context. Um, okay, cool. And then we'll put up a, a poll for uh, the next book uh, by a black author. We will we will do that. Yeah. Um, I have some ideas because it will be my reading and I have some ideas of who I'd like to read. Great. Um, all right. This has been Richard Mark's cast. <laughs> Don't label it as that, Tim. We'll hear from this fucking guy again. Yeah, well, you're you're. This has been boring pseudo law talk. Not pseudo, Tim. Real law. I'm citing cases. All right. Any last words, Tom? I'll I'll see you in court. I'll see you in hell. Thanks for being a patron. We'll see you next week. <laughs>